When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome to the Conduits of Trouble. It's a bit early in the week. Uh, Chip Scoggins doing some traveling, so Zolgad and Scoggins recording this on Wednesday morning. And Chip, let's start. Uh, let's start off with the Twins again. I mean, this is just this is great fun to watch. Look, last night, uh, Tuesday night, Twins go into Milwaukee. Uh, coming off losing three or four to Cleveland, Marwin Gonzalez hit, hits the home run after the Twins fall behind. Uh, this back and forth, if you're a diehard Twins fan, might be hard to take. But if you're a baseball fan, how great is all of this? Yeah, I know. What in real time? What was the the swing of emotion there for Twins Twitter and Twins fans last night? Was it ten minutes longer than that? Where well, you, first where you go all, from seasons over to. Hey, they're winning the pennant. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you had the home run. So I, I believe is the eighth inning. Both both Fox t- Sports North uh, timed this out. I believe in the seventh when Yasmani Grandal hit the home run off Harper. I think it was a minute after that that Cleveland came back to tie Boston six. Yeah. And so then you're like, oh my gosh, the Twins are down in Cleveland now because yeah. Cleveland was down six to one in that sure. game. Yeah. And then yeah, and then you came back in the ninth, and you had uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. in Cleveland in the top of the tenth, home hit the home run for Boston and Marwin Gonzalez. It's just well, it, it's it's all very long at times. I mean, I get yeah. that because it's baseball, but everything else about this is just so much fun. Well, that's you know, and Odorizzi had kind of his. Uh, not rant, but what would you describe were the relax? Uh, yeah, I tried to get people to call. He's like, we're not from here. We don't. But but in earlier he said, you know, it's too early to be scoreboard watching. No, it's not. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, 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 the no, funny thing was, the funny thing about what Jake said after he pitched very well on Saturday and the Twins won that game against Cleveland at Target Field, I can never figure out when athletes say that if they're really talking to the fans or they're trying to calm themselves down. Because you're right, it's not. There is no. Are you telling me? Yeah. Are you telling me in Miller Park last <laughs> night that if you were in the visiting dugout, you you were like, you know what, I'm not going to do tonight. I ain't going to look at what Cleveland's doing. A hundred percent. Everybody's looking at that scoreboard. Hundred yes. percent. And little side. How many Twins fans were they? I, I got up last night to go to the kitchen. Game was on, and something happened. And I heard the cheers, and I was like, I didn't know if it was the Twins or the Brewers fans. There were so, that many Twins fans there. But, yeah, this is, but yeah, this is how it's going to be for 41 more games. Ain't it great? I mean, every night it's going to be – you're going to see what Cleveland did. And, and this Twins team, as we've shown and seen, um, no matter what the pitching is doing, it's just one swing away from – Yes. And it's first pitch. Yes, Marwin hits that first swing, first pitch, three run homer. So, if it's if they get down six to one in a game, I don't think you're going to be like, "Well, I'm turning the TV off because this one's over." 
You shouldn't. They're, they're going to – they can hit – they can homer their way back into it. And so, yeah, this is awesome. You know, this is – I don't know if it's the intensity of what the playoffs will feel like, but it's 99% of it feels like, right, that yeah. last night felt like you're watching a playoff game. If not, it felt like there was maybe a week left in the season. Or Yeah. Yeah, like or, there or was the not. Week where that you had felt to have like a pennant game. race. Yeah, you had to have this game. And so, when's the last time there's been a pennant race in this town? And I'm not counting two years ago. No, that, that no. was not a pennant. That didn't feel. That was to get in the second wall card. It didn't feel like a pennant. I'm trying to think. When's the last time that there was? Where a like relief? every game for the last fifty games, you're like, you're watching and you're scoreboard watching and and you're on the edge of the sea and. Twitters. Was there one in the? Was there one throughout the Twins' a successful run? I'm, I'm sure there had to be in the 2000s. Yeah, I just I can't remember what did they win those, but this is just so mu- it's so compelling. Oh, yeah. and, and you're right though. The one weird thing is you can fall down, and and I said this a few times. I think it was in the Braves series when they got behind by substantial. I mean, they were down eleven nothing in one yeah. game, <laughs> and and the final was what eleven seven. Yeah, yeah. You literally can't turn the TV off and assume they're dead. And it's funny to watch Twitter. Like I I was out and about last night and came back. So I'm just, I'm watching it by Twitter, and honest to God, it was like the sky is falling. This is great. The sky is falling. Season's over. Why do Why do we care about this team? And then all of a sudden, Twins are great. They're going to win the World. Twitter Series. makes things so much fun. It makes it. it, it Twitter is like, like hyperventilation. Like, but it's just, great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, this is what I want. I know. Like I love the. I love this. How much I does think... Twitter add to the sensation of a of a the heart racing of a pennant race where? The drama, the ebbs and flows, because you like used to be, you just sit in a bar or at home and you're yelling to yourself. Now you're yelling at everybody on Twitter, and Twitter's, you know, it's like be, Twitter's chaotic. I would say the closest that I could come to describing it uh, from pre-Twitter days is it's like being what you just said in in a sports bar, and you're not necessarily drunk though, <laughs> but seriously, like yeah. the whole thing of like, oh yeah, yeah. oh. No, yeah. that whole. But I just think it's so much fun to watch people go up and down, and then you got the people who are like, "Don't get too high, too low," and yeah. the people who well, are like, "Forget just, that." Yeah, yeah they're, they're like, "This is like just like football." Yeah. Um. But yeah, this has been. And you're right. This is going to be forty plus games, and Cleveland's not going away. Don't give me this. Well, the Twins now the Twins might win a lot because they do play the uh, Detroit's mm-hmm. and and KC's Chip Scoggins. But you know what? With that pitching. Cleveland ain't going to disappear. But, so yeah, and and the thing is, you have what um, six more games with the uh, yes. Indians. Yep. And so those games are what's, what's the last series? How late in the season is that? I have to look it up. It's not in September, right? It's in August. And I know the Twins end against. Uh, Detroit, I think they have a lot of games. Not a lot, but a pretty healthy segment of games after that last um, Indian I'll series. And then the Twins end, I know, against Detroit. They have three in Detroit. I think three against Kansas City to end. Yeah. Which is which should put them in a good spot. In good, a good spot, yes. Yeah. And I say should. Yeah. But even if – let's say they even have a two- or three-game lead, at, you know, you're still not going to – it's still going to feel like you're – Chewing your fingernails because I don't think Cleveland's going to go away with their pitching staff and the way they're they're not they may not play at the same clip but, but they're not going to I don't see them having a lengthy them. losing streak with that pitching and, no and by the way Chip Kluber's coming back yeah and, and, back yet. well that's what you know Odorizzi talked about being the tourniquet the other day they have a lot of tourniquets on that, yep. in that rotation I mean they have guys that can just shut you down so I I would be stunned if they have a long losing streak um, uh, to answer your question. 
The Twins have three games at home against Cleveland, September 6th, 7th, and 8th, which is a weekend. Oh, so it is in September. And then, yes, and then they go to Cleveland the next weekend for their last three against Cleveland, the 13th, 14th, and 15th of September in Cleveland. Then they come home to play the White Sox for three, the Royals for four, off day. Then they go and end the season three at Detroit and a weekend three at Kansas City. Wow. So the Cleveland games, though, are going to be close, and that might decide it. Yeah, that yeah, might so September, it. yeah. And, and here's the interesting thing. I still can't decide when the Twins play, and, and I don't know if Cleveland, I think they're there, but I'm not sure of this. When the Twins play the upper, upper echelon teams, it's very tough. Not because they can't hit, because they can, mm-hmm. but because of the pitching. Yeah. Well, like Marti- Milwaukee is a good offensive ball club. And, and he pitched great. And I think they're a good club, but he also walked the tightrope. So my yeah. question is, if you do that against the Yankees, who are going to score 18 runs, sure? can you walk the tightrope? Yeah, you can't have a bunch of walks. You can't have a bunch and he of... And I think he had four walks. And he, he pitched... I think he saved his uh, job in the rotation. Yeah. And for him, considering how bad he, he'd been of late, I think he pitched well. But my question is... Take that to a take that against a really good offensive ball club, and can you extrapolate a fifteen thirteen win? No, because when you're when you're putting two guys on in an inning, odds are the good teams are going to make you pay for that, right? You're not going to be able to yes. wiggle out all these jams, and yeah, that's the thing. Is like when you go up against the Indians, Houston, you're yep. you're you're deficient in pitching. You're you're at a disadvantage. Yes, Yankees, they just are going to. Beat you, and you, but 12 you to might be eleven. But if you play the Yankees, you have to say we need to score fifteen Nine. runs, yeah, well, or, or just something ridiculous, yeah, yeah. But but here's the thing: here's what makes this team fun. The Twins, they might be able to do it. Yeah, I can't. I'm not dis- offense, but they have to. I can't dismiss them. No, but they also have to beat. I don't say the curse, but they have to. You know, the Yankees have just kind of a. The stranglehold over this organization right now in the playoffs that they have to beat that right. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to beat the aura of because they're going to hear it. and that and and Nelson Cruz and Marwin Gonzalez and these guys they, they don't care about the Yankees, the the Twins' history. They they don't. Right. I'm guessing they don't even know about it. Yeah, I mean, you think Nelson Cruz? It, they don't remember. You it. think Nelson Cruz knows or cares about what the Twins have done against the Yankees in the past? So I think that's good for him. It's not like guys that have failed against the Yankees in the past, but yeah, I mean, to your original point, yeah, the, the this lineup can hit with anyone. I think, right? Right. Well, and if you get Cruz back now, which and Buxton, back soon, and Buxton, which would be enormous mm-hmm. in the next, and and by the way, Buxton can stay on the field. Yep. So. You said this when we started this podcast a month ago, six, whatever it was. You would play in a postseason Gonzalez at third and bring Sano off the bench. You yeah. still. Um, you know what? It depends on the pitcher now. Yeah. But if I faced a top line pitcher, yes. I think, in, in fact, we, we, and, we should transition to this. And Arias in second. Arias has to start. He's your everyday player yep, now. Yep. Scope's a utility guy now, which he, he is it's now. That's what he should be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he is. But depending on the pitching matchup, if I have a professional pitcher, which so you, knows, in a, in a, so no, you know why? In the postseason, you are, though, Judd. Right, right. But my, my thing with, with Miguel is I don't. If I if he comes off the bench and swings from his heels, I'm yeah. fine with that. That's that's what's interesting. And, and he strikes out then in one at bat. But if I'm not mistaken, Chipper in the Cleveland series, I don't know that he had a hit. Yeah. And Marwin Gonzalez gives you 
quality. He might not. He's not going to hit a home run all the time for sure, although he did last night. Mm-hmm. And he is not going to succeed for sure. But you know what I'm going to get? A quality at bat, and I'm going to get a quality player in the field. Miguel, Miguel's got the good arm. But Chipper, there's also times where I get very, yeah. very scared when he's playing third base. Yeah. So yes. So yes. To a- answer your question, playoff game one, I probably bring Miguel off the bench. It'll be interesting what Rocco does. I don't think he'll do that, but I, but I would. He might though. Thinking about Gonzalez's postseason experience, but then you also might get Pouton Miguel. Yeah, I can't worry about that. Yeah, and, and plus, you know what? But you want him to be in the right frame of mind because he can change a game. But if he's going to pout, I don't mind that because then, then if I mad. exactly, <laughs> yeah. But if you go so first playoff game, if you went Garver behind the plate, Cronin who should catch almost every playoff game, healthy. But by the way, so yeah. yes, so if everybody's healthy, Garver, yep, Crone, Arise, um, Polanco for sure, Marwin at third, uh, Rosario in left, Buxton, Buxton Kepler. Well, and, 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 and Cruz at DH. And, and Sano and Scope off the bench to pinch hit? Yes. Scope in an emergency. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, he's that, he's but. for sure. And, and But he's got pop. Yeah. He connects, he can and, run. Yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see what Rocco does there. I guess a lot of it depends on what happens in these last 40 games. If, if Sano's struggling, then it would well, be right. easy. But if, but if and, he's still... And if Buxton's not back, that's it. the whole thing's a non-starter because... And I, I think he'll be Would back. Do you have an update on Buxton? Is, uh, is Rocco talk? I don't think he started any baseball activity yet. He is supposed to be back. They think at some point. I think Jake DePew, who's covering the series for us at Score North in Milwaukee, speculated that it's probably going to be September at some point. But, but then, he, if he's back, he's back. I mean, even he, right. But then, does he stay back? I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah. If he if he's not back, then yeah, it's the, an easy fix. Yes. But um, yeah, I mean, there's something to be said about Gonzalez's veteran. Postseason experience that I just love Tommy. Yeah, I love the the later we get, the more I love what he brings. Yeah, and you're writing a column on him. Yeah, so yeah, so here's my question for you. As kids, we all love the stars, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know what? They're still fun to cover. Yep, the stars are fun to cover. Brett Favre was fun to cover. I yeah. love covering stars. Yeah. I'm never going to put that down. But as an older sports fan now, and, and a person who like you covers teams goes into clubhouses, locker rooms. My appreciation for the pros pro, and these are yeah. not, they don't fall off of trees. I'm not talking the veterans because there's a lot of veterans who, and, and they're fine, but they're not pros pros. Yeah. But Terrence Newman's, mm-hmm. Marwin Gonzalez, Taj Gibson's not as good as Marwin Gonzalez at his sport, but he he's fits a that. consummate professional. Yeah. And, and it's not that these guys are great quotes. But Chip, my appreciation for what they do and yeah. bring, and like you watch them and how they and how they approach their craft, um, this might be now my favorite athlete. Yeah, it's uh, quick. Give me a hockey player that you can just plug into a lineup any first, second, third, fourth line, and <laughs> you know, and 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 you're you're good. Why you think about it? I, I agree with you. That. I I agree with you on. Um, Gonzalez and guys in that mold, and it, what, you know what it comes down to, Judd? Trust that no matter what you do, you feel comfortable that guy's going to come through for you. He's not going to be overmatched. Hey, Marwin, you got to go play right field. Okay, cool. And he'll go make a diving catch. Yeah. Hey, Marwin, we need you at third today. All right, cool. Hey, Marwin, we need you to pinch it here. Okay. And it's like there's just a level of 
comfort and confidence that no matter what you ask a person to do that, you're going to get a professional effort. You're going to get, may not always succeed, but more times than not, you just don't have to worry about them. Correct. And the other thing we were talking about this before we went on is like being in a clubhouse, you see the way guys gravitate to Marwin and Nelson Cruz too, but the the guys will go to his, they're, they kind of gather around his, his locker stall. Right, and they're talking to him, and mm-hmm. you can just tell he's kind of like the wise old owl. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's seen a lot. He's been to the World Series. He's he he knows how to approach a job. Right, he's seen a lot of different things, and so guys want to pick his brain. And he's obviously good about sharing information and keeping the clubhouse temperature right, which you need in a hundred sixty-two game. You don't want the and those guys never ever. Like change as far no. as you never sense any uh, win or loss. The next day, it's the anxiousness. Same. Nope. Uh, you yeah, they they are always on an even keel, and it's so impressive because yeah. it can't be easy. And, and they they clearly learned that from from mentors that they had as well Someone before him. Yeah, but and Cruz Cruz is is like that too. I guess I separate Cruz a little bit, not because he doesn't lead, because he does big time. But you know, Cruz also hits all he these home runs, yeah. and he does all these things offensively. Marwin Gonzalez is an A plus contributor, even if he goes zero for four. Mm-hmm. That's what's weird about this. Yeah, because you have oh, my, you know, we got a hole in left field right now. We we need somebody out there. All right, Marwin, go get it, and he'll go play it well. If I'm not mistaken, too, he came from Houston, having played right field as a sub occasionally, very little. I, but I don't think he had ever started a game in his big league career. In right field, I don't think, until the, th- this year. And then he's put in there, and as you just said, he makes a few diving catches. Is he perfect? No. Yeah. But right field is a tough animal. The ball comes off the bat differently. Mm-hmm. At target field, you've got three uh, three different surfaces to the fences. You get overhangs. Yeah. And he just, you know what, he just does. He's like, oh, yeah, cool, okay. Well, he made the one diving catch, I don't know, when it was a month ago or whatever, where you're like, you would think that he's a everyday right fielder. Yep. You, you forget it's like he's only played that a few times, you know, a handful of games, and so that's why I, I think it just comes back to trust that like, you can put him out there anywhere, and you know he's going to do a good job. And how many guys can you say that about? You know, there are a lot of guys you put out in right field, and like, oh boy, God, don't hit it there. You know, right? <laughs> With him, he's like, all right, Miguel Sano. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He comes to mind immediately. <laughs> Oh, please! How about don't that experiment? Please don't hit. The How long did that thing last a month? But you just throw this guy out there, and he's like, "That's going." Cool. Yeah. He has played where, when when uh, Sano was on the on the uh, injured list to start the season, he played third base. He's played a little bit of shortstop, not much. Played I don't first, think. Right? He's played first right base, field. second base. I don't know. actually. You know what? I don't know if he's played shortstop for the Twins, but he has played it, it there quite, yeah. quite a bit. Well, I think Left he's played field, every position, right? Except, except catcher. Except pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. So he, has he caught? No. No, but besides he that, could. he does yeah. everything. Yeah, and and he, the other interesting thing to me about guys who are like that too, is they do not go out of their way to be good quotes, which is fine. Don't yeah. care, but they're always at their locker. Mm-hmm. Like how many athletes, it, if it's a access period for us, go to a back room, and God knows now there's a lot of back rooms to go to, right? Yeah, sure, and a lot of them. I don't want to say that they hide, but they don't make themselves available on purpose. And that's their right. Not complaining about that. But guys like 
Gonzalez go yeah. sit at their locker. They're accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know that if you go talk to them, you're not going to get a lot. But it's just a mentality and a professional approach that I really appreciate because they make it look simple, and I don't know that yeah. it is as simple as they make it look. I remember earlier in the year when the Twins were just starting to hit a lot of home runs, and it was starting to become a story like, hey, there's something you know, something going on here. And uh, so I went up to Gonzalez in the clubhouse before I was going to do something on, does that stuff feed itself? You know, can a lineup feed on it, on each other where, you know, this guy's hitting home and he's like, yeah, those guys are doing a great job. I'm not hitting, but those guys, yeah. <laughs> and that was back, you know, early on, he kind of struggled. Yeah, he, did. he got to a slow start and he's like, I'm not really hitting, but you know, those guys are doing a really good job. And he was like, wasn't mad, wasn't being testy or anything. He was just, he's like, yeah, I'm off to a slow start, but it's, there wasn't any panic. There wasn't any, no hint of. That's you know, what I appreciate. Like, they don't yeah. press. No, no. And it, the thing is, it's like, in this, we've talked about the, the mood in clubhouse all years. Like, but honest to God, you wouldn't know from day to day where they won, lost. They've lost 11 half game lead. I think it's Nelson Cruz and him and those guys just, hey, we're, we're good. It's you know? completely flat line. Yeah, but in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Not not a not a they don't care way. It's just flat line. Yeah, it's and I think that'll that'll I think that'll benefit them here the last forty because this is going to be, you know, fans, media. We're going to be hyperventilating the last. I think they're going to win. I think the the issue is going to be Cleveland. The pressure is not going to go away. Well, because Cleveland because Cleveland's been here, done that. They're not some upstart that's going to. And their pitching's just too good. Yeah, I think the the assumption I think. As Cleveland got hot in June into July, Chipper was that well. If you look at the end of the season schedules, the Twins are so simple, and Cleveland's a, Cleveland is tough, and Cleveland's is tough. But that pitching is not going I to know. deteriorate to a point where I don't think where it's like, well, Cleveland's now lost ten consecutive, and you won ten in a row, and it's over. Yeah, no, I would be stunned. So, how many wins is it going to take to win the division? What are they at right now? Seventy-five. Mm-hmm. I don't. That's that's so tough because. I don't know. 90 what? 98? You think? Well, that's hot. Yeah, maybe. Like, I think both these teams are going to continue to play well. And and if that's the case, then what makes it so much fun is it's going to come down to those six games. Yeah, which is, I mean, it should anyways, right? Don't you think that's, we all all focused on remaining schedules, but head-to-head, well, head to head is great. That's going to, I think that's going to decide it. And the problem with that, the one pr- problem with that is after watching the four games at Target Field over the weekend, pitching wise, it's you just not yeah. a contest. They no. just, the Twins just don't match up. They didn't go out and get the help. And I know people now say, well, how are you going to go get help? Teams didn't trade. But the point, but the fact is that. Starting pitching wise, if you put Cleveland, unless Cleveland yeah. gets guys hurt, Cleveland. Against the Twins, it's not. A, yeah. It's not close. Well, they, they traded away a starter. Yes, and it's still not close. And Kluber again. To be clear, Kluber is coming back. Yeah, I know. But Cleveland's got three kids from that 2016 draft class: Bieber, Cerv- uh, uh, what, what's the kid who started on? I, I want to say Cervalli, but anyway, yeah. they've got the three kids from that 2016 draft class who are just yeah fantastic. And Plezak was a 12th round pick that year. 12th round? He's a 12th round pick. So that's the one place head-to-head. Because I think, you know, outside of that, when you're playing Detroit, Kansas City, the White Sox, you're going to win a lot of baseball mm-hmm. games, I think. And, and the Twins are fine. And there and there's where – and 
so there's where we can't get fooled too. Yeah. Martin Perez pitching well against those teams. Yeah. Can't be taken at he's fixed. No. No. So that's where it's going to be sort of it, at times we're going to get deceived by victories. Yes. Well, you have to look at who they're doing against. And it's great when he does pitch well or when Gibson throws, you know, shuts down a bad team. But it's, I don't want to call it fool's gold, but you can't think that that's going to work against the Astros or Cleveland or, you know, really good teams. You know, that's, you know, we said all along that the reason what, partly why you wanted the, the Twins to go for it this year because, like, no one in the American League scares you. Mm-hmm. But think about how competitive the playoffs could be with the with the upper echelon teams in American League. Mm-hmm. There's some darn good teams. And I think I said that before Cleveland turned this corner. And it's not that it's not that Cleveland scares me now, but Cleveland they're good. Saw the opportunity to improve themselves. And here's and here's where I give them credit. The Bauer trade for right now improved them. Oh, for sure. Because they've still got pitching and and Yasiel Puig. That's a fun guy to watch play baseball. Yeah, well, and he hit a baseball on Saturday, I think, that's still going. <laughs> and the the kid that they got because it was a three team trade: Reds, Indians, and Padres. Mm-hmm. The Reyes kid got off to a terrible start. Yeah, he was, and, and is hitting now three home runs in two games, and he is a mammoth man. I, I covered the first series of that game, and he was like two of twenty eight. Yes, he was when doing. He, but now he's, you know, I mean, he can hit, and he's he brings power. So, yeah, it's it's. Um, but that's 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 the concern, Judd. Is is their starting pitching is not going to falter down the stretch, and can the Twins' bottom guys, Perez, Pineda, when he comes back, Gibson, can they pitch well enough against weaker opponents? Well, and we can't see the Gibby that we saw a week no. ago Thursday when when we both covered that game, game game one against Cleveland, at which you were. Really hoping that they'd make sort of a statement for their sake. Yeah, and he just, just started labored. nibbling and throwing yeah. over to first base, and those those are the type of things that really sap my confidence that this team can make a playoff run. Yeah, because I just don't think you have enough starters. Well, to, you can't to, at, to, to playoff run, and in, and in a series against a good team, I don't think it's fair to, to be like, "Well, we're down five zip again, boys, go get them." Yeah, yeah, we need to score nine today. Yeah, that's. We talked about last week. That's that's a hard way to live, but yes, it is. Um, but I don't put it past this this lineup. I think they can do it. All right, so Vikings <laughs> preseason game one is uh, in, in the books against against the Saints, and I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about something that I think I think the two of us can probably delve into Vikings wise. All right. <laughs> so my my frustration here. Yeah. So I get the fact that they really don't like kickers and punters much, all yes, right? Yes. That's a well-known <laughs> fact. But can you please help me out here? You've had a training camp that's been just zero distraction. Quiet. The biggest distraction is Cousins talking about Garrett Bradbury's sweaty yeah. behind, which you know what is sort of yeah. funny. And I Okay, we talked about that, yeah. but it's not a distraction. No, no nobody really. It's the quietest training camp since when? Exactly. So what are you doing? What are you doing? And it's not even making the trade, the fifth round pick to Baltimore for the kicker slash punter, but this whole thing now with the uncertainty, and you know as well as I do, Dan Bailey's job is in jeopardy. 
Uh, I, I think he makes the team it, out of camp. But my point is, my point is, aren't well, you? Yeah. Unless you think your punter is the worst punter in the history of the world, is this the time to do this? Here, well, here's it's what, all about timing. Them. Is Bailey that bad that? That Zimmer's like we got to we got to fix this. But if he is, I tell him, Mike, you can't watch the kickers anymore. Yeah. We'll allow. We and, and you just hired Nate Keating to yes to so help me. Well, here here's how I think it plays out, Judd. The most logical to me, mm-hmm. based on like listening to Zim talk about Bailey last couple days, I think uh, this new guy is going to be their punter and kickoff guy. And if Bailey goes south, but they have a kicker. But so now you. <laughs> Bailey's not stupid either. Right, he knows he has a guy over. He's looking over his shoulder. Yes, now he's a he's a veteran. He's 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 not some he's not Daniel Carlson, who's a rookie who 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 might be more prone to being nervous and doing that. So, you know, Dan Bailey's been through a lot in the league, right? So maybe it won't bother him, but maybe it will. Yeah, knowing he has I his replacement maybe. right next to him. My point is, so I, don't, I don't I don't know want that maybe. I, I don't know. I. But don't you think that's? I think the punter's gone, right? I don't. Yes, and why? Is, why is he still there? By the way. Well, if I'm him, and they're not stupid, they if we can figure out kind of what they're doing, I, I have to think that I would. I won't be surprised if he went and say, you know what, release me so I can try to find another job because yes. you're not giving up a fifth round pick to cut a guy. I mean, this new guy, however you pronounce his name, Corey. I think it's you pronounce it Corey, right? Not yeah. Uh, no, I think I think see, Collar told me he was told it's Kerry. Kerry, okay. Um, he's making. You're not giving up a fifth round pick to cut a guy, so no, he's he's, he's on the team. team. But I don't think it's Bailey that's getting cut. No, I think it's the punter. But you said what? I, you but, said but, what's but, bothering me? Yeah, he's not stupid. And now you and you know Mike. So if he misses, Mike's not yeah. going to be able to. Mike's not going to be able to help himself. He's going to hold this over Bailey's head. What percentages would you put it that? Bailey misses a extra point early, and, and Mike, Mike cuts him, and this high. guy's your <laughs> now, and now you got to get a punter. Now you got to get another punter. Very high, or they might. Uh, who knows? I, I don't, don't think you'd have one guy do both. I don't. I think it'd be easier just to find a punter off the street. You know what? If this was a June project, and yeah. by the way, this is an un, uh, undrafted kid from Marshall mm-hmm. who signed with the Ravens a year ago, and he's got a big leg. Towards the end of training camp, he was out in Fells Point far too late at night and got basically mugged somewhere in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. They had to rush him to the hospital, and he missed the entire season. Okay. Not a good idea, but let's play. Yeah. <laughs> let's play with it. So then this year he comes back to camp. Here's what frustrates me about this. This could have been a May project. Mm-hmm. And in that case, you know what? We're, we're all like, oh, okay. Yeah. But why are you convoluting yourself in training camp? Yeah. Three weeks before the opener. This. And and by the way, too, the other thing that the other thing that I'm trying to get my head around is Rick now since I believe two thousand twelve has drafted Blair Walsh in the sixth round, Daniel Carlson in the fifth round, and traded a fifth round pick in camp for this kid. Was Jeff Locke a draft pick? The punter? I would have to look. I think Hold on. I can find it. I can find it. It's a relevant question. I just had to take a deep breath. The I don't know if it's you know. I'm curious to see how Dan or how uh, Dan Bailey handles this. He'll, he said all the right things yesterday. Yeah, but he but still Mike can't help himself. He's going to hold this but, over his head. And I, I don't understand. Dan Bailey said I should say. Yeah, I I don't understand why. You know, like last year, you draft a a rookie kicker, which for a veteran team that Super Bowl bust was a. 
disaster waiting to happen. It was a terrible idea for that coach. You should never that that coach should never have. But and then, by, by the way, he never should have a rookie kicker. But then, the guy misses one extra point in a preseason game. You start going for two. Yep. It's like he, he, Zim can't help himself. But that's but this is where the marriage of Rick and Mike makes no sense to me. Like ordinarily, I think Rick does a pretty good job of getting Mike what Mike needs on defense for mm-hmm. sure, right? Yeah. So why doesn't somebody just tell Mike or or why doesn't Rick consciously decide Mike Zimmer needs veteran, he needs a veteran punter and, and kicker and by the and by the way, on top of all this other than the fact he missed a few extra points, the combination of Quigley and Kai Forbath was fine. Mm-hmm. Why well, did you screw with that? And that's the thing. It's like eventually, it's I'm not, not a, mad at you. Jim. Eventually, it's, it's not a kicker problem. That, <laughs> eventually, it's not a kicker problem, right? Correct. It's a you problem. Yes. It's, it's the way you handle them. Yes. So what are you? I don't know. Oh, and and okay. And now here's we, we didn't talk about this previously, but now it becomes important because I don't get this too. You drafted a long snapper. And why did you have – why would you have a long snapper competition? That would you just cut – if you wanted to get younger and, and cheaper. Well, I will say this. Part of it on that one, yep. and I'll give him this. Yep. Uh, the cutting kid didn't know he was going to be eligible to play, right, until right at training camp because of this Air Force service. Didn't that just get cleared up? You know like, what? You, that might be right. But once he once it is cleared it did, up, yeah. McDermott has to go because because – to me, that is one spot where it's all about rhythm and timing. Sure. So you don't want a competition. It's not like, well, your snap was good and your snap wasn't as good, right? Well, and how many so times- you're right. So when cutting got cleared, that's a really good point. When cutting got cleared, you say, Kevin McDermott, you're gone. Because we, we wanted to go younger and cheaper because we're up against the salary but, cap. But okay. But, now, but, yeah, but, you- but now let's go back to how Mike feels about all this. What happens when this kid skips a ball? Yeah. And I think the bigger issue, based on what you're seeing, is like the hold. I mean, they've they tried Don, didn't uh, Don Beebe. Don't, don't worry, <laughs> I'm going to say that. Don't. I'm going to say Don. Don about Beebe. Eighty-seven so times. Said, I'm going to uh, say about Chad, eighty-seven times. Well, I was out there yesterday. Chad Beebe was the holder. They tried. Yep. Adam Thielen at one time, which is a terrible I idea. I think it's going to be Beebe. It, yeah. Or can this new guy do it? I mean, are they going to? Oh, you know what? That's a good point. Yeah, you know what? I think you're right. I think the new guy can. But but was he doing it? Well, Beebe was yesterday. Okay. Well, no, I think the new guy can hold. What, one thing I, I saw on Twitter from a fan, which actually, it's convoluted, but it made sense, was Bailey's going to open the season as the regular kicker. This kid that they got from Baltimore will be the regular punter. And kickoffs. And kickoffs. But if they have like a 55-yard field goal Z- attempt, this kid will take those. And and then the question is, does like BB hold then? Does Bailey? Bailey was holding at practice, and they claimed it was because... Um, they claimed it was because Weil had uh, cut his hand cut his against hand, the yeah. Saints. But as I texted Collar, I'm like, are you telling me that there's nobody else? <laughs> there's nobody else in that practice who you can say, go hold while Austin cutting practice is long snapping? Wouldn't you love to have the air bubble above Dan Bailey's head the day he was out there holding? Bleep these guys. <laughs> but it's but Chip. It's but didn't so- Zim raise that possibility for long like especially long field goals that, that I think you're right. But could you like why no, why are you doing know. this? It just seems why, like why didn't you just keep Kai Forbath and Quigley, who I think set a record for yeah. for not having a touchback, right? And yeah, and I and I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to Matt Weil. His his punting last year was it that disastrous? That you need a new and, punter? Well Quigley certainly was not, and they got rid of him. 
So I, I don't I don't know what he's looking for. Other than a, a kicker that's going to be a hundred percent, which is not going to happen. Um, but it's it's like never ending drama with that position, and right, and it's unnecessarily unnecessarily. And yeah. I know I know Mike hates it, but ultimately that's how you sometimes win and lose games. Yeah, it's like week two Green Bay. Instead, of, yeah, instead of lowering the temperature on that, it seems like it's always on pins and needles. Like you're waiting for a miss and then Zimmer's head to explode. And now, the, you know, I'm going to go for two every time because I'm mad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just go for two every time now. Seriously. just why And why not, though? But if you're Rick, why not have sat down with Mike after sure he, last year? Don't you think he probably has? Got done and said, Mike, you know what? We're going to – no, but I'll get you veterans here. Like, well, yeah. Bailey's coming back because I do believe that – that you're right, Chip. I think Bailey can handle it, mm-hmm. but the problem now is you got this kid just sitting there who's going to be breathing down, and then you know what's going to happen too. This is a kid who's looked really good kicking in preseason. He's never kicked in the regular season, and people now tweet, "Well, Dan Carlson went to Oakland and he was fantastic." Well, of course he was because he got out of here. Mm-hmm. Dan- Daniel Carlson was destined to fail here, like he would never had a chance. Well, I, I go back to that preseason game. You're a rookie, so you're a little uncertain. You're probably a little nervous. You know Zim doesn't like kickers. I mean, these guys know that. And you miss one extra point, and was it the first preseason game, and Zim starts going for two, and he said, basically said, you know, were you working on something? No, I was mad at the kicker. I wanted to, well, how do you think that goes over, confidence-wise? And kickers, confidence, and feeling like they know you're going to, they believe in you, that's a big thing. You could say, well, he should be a pro. He should be able to make it. Well, that's easier said than done. It's a draft pick. Yeah. The pressure's on him. He should never have been drafted by this team. I'm, yes. not, I'm not even saying he should have been drafted by a team. But no, this but was, it was a bad team. fit for this team, yeah. And that's why I think there's pressure on this team, Judd, this year. I mean, they got to win. I know. And this is why I want veterans in those jobs. I've always said that the ideal Zimmer kicker, and this is not a joke, Sebastian Janikowski. Mm-hmm. Because he smoked cigarettes, he drank too much, he was fat, but he was and, good. And, well, and and if Mike and if Mike looked crossways at Seabass, he probably would have beat him up. Sick. Kick his ass, Seabass. Yeah, he would have kicked. Yeah, he would have. Think about it. I always said that that would have been the ideal marriage, and Zim would have loved it. He would have yeah. been like, "Yeah, you just hit me. That was awesome." Yeah, it, the, I'm curious to see what how Mike handles if Bailey misses a couple. If he's like, "All right, he's fine," or because you know the temper tension is going to be like, oh, guys, they got this guy, big leg on the bench, and oh, Mike. But you know as well as I do, Chip, a big leg does not necessarily no. translate to success nope. if if you get into regular season pressure. Nope. And I will say it was a training camp practice, so don't make too much of it. But Bailey made made every kick yesterday. Yeah, six of six, right? Yeah, with, and take it for what it's worth, yeah. grain of salt, all that. But if he was freaked out by a new guy coming in, it didn't seem to bother him yesterday. The, the thing I absolutely love though is. In this town, and, and probably Chicago right now, oh my gosh, we hang on every kick, including those in Egan. Well, in every probably every other NFL city, a mixed a missed extra point is like a yawn, no big deal. Here, it's like Twitter blows up and sets off the alarms. It does. It's it alarm bells start singing with one missed extra point, which happens. But here, it's like panic. Yes. And when's Zim going to, you know, make his next move, or is he going to lose his cool? So it's it's until it's not an issue. This is going to, you know, 
people are going to be on pins and needles about kicking. How big of disaster, and I, I shouldn't say this for the entire year because it might not be, but for like the, the first four weeks or so, is the ability to challenge in- interference calls going? Yeah, to be? it's going to be. It's going to. I think we're we're going to be annoyed, right? Because it's it's just so much stoppage, and some coaches might just do it in spite, just to. You know. <laughs> but I just but we saw so okay so I've got I do have a working theory might not be the right word I have a working solution though they should now tell coaches. And perhaps they have, but if they have not, Chip, they should now tell coaches, unless it's egregious and we missed it, you're, you're not going to get the call. So if we go back and look, and we were sort of wrong, yeah. but it's subjective, you ain't you're, getting the call. Yeah. So only challenge it if you, if everyone in the stadium is like, oh my God, you, look, yeah. like the Saints-Rams game. Sure. But if you challenge a call and we're like, yeah, you know, we might have missed I that, could, I, we ain't reversing Yeah, that. if you can say, well... And we, and you Maybe. can tell and you can yeah. tell us you got screwed and we don't care. The call on the field will stand unless the call on the field was completely missed. That's the thing. How yeah. about that? It. I would be in favor of that. Just but coaches would argue egregious is an eye of the beholder. You know. But I'm tell. But like I would be. I would say we're going to tell them that if it's. I would start with the the Saints Rams call. That's the call. Sure. So you're that not getting is, anything. That, you're not getting anything. Because here's but the that's other, a ten on ten scale. Would, I, that's would, would you I'm go saying. down to seven? I uh, know. No, I got. So it has to be a ten out. 10? I got to be about eight, eight of ten. Yeah. No, it's got to be egregious. And by the way, too, because here's the other factor that we're going to get. We're going to get defensive coaches throwing the flag, claiming the offensive player. Well, that out. Yeah. And I'm going to tell them unless he grabbed him and mugged him, and like there's a there's a ambulance on the field you ain't getting the call because i'm I, we can't be putting up with this yeah but and games are going to change because of it right but that's what i'm saying is i don't want that to happen a game will be lost because of a, uh, a challenge absolutely and it might be a mike zimmer game yes his guys are handsy mm-hmm. and well he talked about the other night right we were doing a lot of grabbing um yeah it's going to be annoying when those ones that were like okay there was a little bit there but do we really want to stop and review this because you could probably call it on every play, Judd, right? You could. I mean, you, you literally could. Call. You could probably call it on every game because they're, they're constantly that's what, battling. That's what I'm saying. So, My scale is 8 of 10. And, 8, 9, or 10. Yeah, maybe maybe the league, because there's going to be backlash and people are going to annoy. Maybe the league will get after the first few. Because you know, what was the rule uh, a couple years ago where they are calling it ad nauseum and it's in, uh, oh, the head up, um, where it's like, oh, yeah. This is going to kill the game. I mean, this is going to kill the enjoyment of the game. And last year, it was every, it was it, the guy it, on the quarterback. And then it can't land on the quarterback. Yeah, who was the guy? Lost his job, but got fined. Uh, the Vikings player last year were oh yeah is, a, is I absurd. Guess Jacksonville, I yeah, think, right? it was absurd. Yep. Um, but then it it kind of slowly goes away, right? Correct. So, and maybe if it's we have the skies fall in the first couple of weeks, the league will say, "Listen, it better be, hey." To use Childress's analogy, ten drunks in a bar, right? Yes. If ten yes. drunks, ten drunks in a bar could see that that was past interference, okay, we'll we'll change it. But if it's, you know, two drunks in a bar, we ain't <laughs> we're not but I think that's the only because the the Saints challenged one against the Vikings on Friday, and they didn't they didn't change it, and they shouldn't have. Yeah. But you know, if you're going to challenge something that we go back and we're like, yeah, you know what, we probably missed that. I'm going to tell them no, we didn't miss that. Yeah. Too bad. 
and they might do that too, just to to get coaches out of the habit of every single thing. Because you th- you're, you're right, in. you could make that call. You could. How many times? Oh, every nine pass of, play, nine of ten. Maybe not every pass play, but yeah, yeah. Nine because of ten pass because guys are fighting, hand fighting, going down the. I mean, yeah. there's always some which makes the game fun. By the way, as a fan, sure, there's always some level of interference, and it's just to what degree. And so, I think it's just going to be a drain on games where you're, you know. Well, it's just like, and it's going to, like I said, it's going to cost a game. If somebody's going to lose, last because of September, that. the the you can't land on the quarterback rule with um, too much of your weight was a drain on games. Yes, and they don't know, and they over enforce it at first. That's the problem. Is I'm not insinuating this is going to be a problem for 16 games because it won't be. Yeah, but if it's a problem for four games in this league, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's it, a lot of. Games. You're right. Over enforce. That's what they'll do. But you wait until a a call is changed and it changes the game, whether they win, you know, but it dramatically changes the game. And you're sitting there thinking, you know what? That might have been pass interference, but in years past, you just, it was a play on, you know? Right. It's like, so now you're, you're affecting games that in years past would have been. I still can't wait to see. The first Hail Mary that gets challenged. Yeah. Because they, they did say that you can challenge that, right? Yeah. Because they talked about trying to take that out. Well, because in, in those things, it's all it's every man for himself, there's, right? There's nothing but passing our face. I know. It's like guys are climbing on each other yeah. and pull each other down. So what are they going to do with So that? you can challenge Hail Mary? I thought that they decided they, – they talked about taking it out and saying you can't. But then I believe they said, well, we can't, really can't do that because what if there's an egregious penalty? But that's the problem is, as you just said, they're crawling all over each other. Hold, hold on a second. Yeah. I'm well, make sure to see if I can find this. On. There's like 10 different pass interferences going on in Hail Mary. So, yes, you I can almost guarantee you any Hail Mary into the half into the game. A coach is going to challenge. Well, they're, they're challenge it anyways, because it's a if it's an end zone, yep. it's a reviewable May 2019. The National Football League, and I'm reading this from SB Nation, the National Football League wisely decided, at least for 2019, that a Hail Mary won't be treated any differently than other pass plays. Yeah. But that's so that's basically getting challenged every time because there's... Yeah, so there'll be a flag. And you're right, that's the one where if there's, you know... If a there's, catch? Yeah, it'll get challenged. <laughs> All right, sir, we're done. All right, brother. Conduit to trouble. Talk to you next week.